I'm Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out of the Woods, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday, wherever in the world you may be, whether it's morning, whether it's afternoon, or possibly you're well into Sunday, wherever you are. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. Thank you so much for liking, sharing, and following our content. And hopefully you're finding great value in a lot of the wonderful educators that have come in through here, wonderful creatives that have come through here as well, sharing their knowledge, their passion, and sharing their successes, and sharing even their obstacles obstacles, but to help you get inspired to express your creativity as well, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's on your own as a hobby. So whatever the case is, thank you as always for joining us. And I am really excited about today's show because today's show is really something that is near and dear to me because it has grown into my passion, which is podcasting. And there's definitely no doubt about that as you see me post on social media as far as podcast episodes and just podcasting altogether. The the wonderful guest that I have here today is somebody that is definitely worth a follow and can definitely help you get over your imposter syndrome and just click record. And so today I'm really excited to talk to this amazing creator, uh, content creator, podcaster as well. His name is Lloyd George. Lloyd, how are you this morning? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've been planning this forever, so I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm excited that you are here. As we talked a little bit about, you know, pre-chat, you know, I am a longtime follower. You know, on TikTok, you put out some great videos that are short and sweet, very informative for anybody that is out there that is possibly considering uh, starting a podcast or maybe they don't know where to start. You definitely break it down and you definitely also um, inspire. And I love the fact that you even do accountability with a lot of your followers as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, for our audience members, Lloyd, that are joining us um, this morning, some of them are educators, some of them are also creatives. But if you can give us a brief introduction about yourself and your context within the creative podcasting space. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I first found my passion for podcasting in um, roughly about 2016. That's the first time I listened to a podcast ever. And I, you know, I fell in love. I I realized that there's no other medium like podcasting. I decided to start my own podcast for the first time around 2018, 2019. Um, And so that's the first time I produced my own podcast. Um, And then around December of 2021, I decided I was going to start helping other people start their podcast. I was going to create content online, sharing bite-sized tips for other people to start their podcast. And so since then, you know, I've sort of become like the podcast guy, the podcast hype man, the podcast accountability guy, um, just because I've been so outwardly passionate about encouraging people to start a podcast. Excellent. And I see that. And I love like, that's one of the things that 
when I ran into your content on TikTok, just really the passion that you have for it. Uh, no gatekeeping at all whatsoever. You're just really just sharing knowledge and people are responding well. And the fact that you interact with your audience, which is all part of podcasting. And we'll talk a little bit about that because really today's conversation, I really want to center it about reasons why you should start a podcast. And um, so I just want to make sure because uh, I do have some friends that are possibly interested in, uh, you know, starting a podcast, but sometimes they're like, well, I don't know where to start. You know, there's already a lot of people there in that particular niche and so on. And so I encourage them, you know, in the same way that I started in this education space, there's so many great edu podcasters that are out there. But for myself, it's like there's always an audience because we may present things in a different way, you know, different perspectives. So uh, let's go ahead and start with that in a little bit. So, for example, you know, somebody that has just again, same comments. It's a friend of mine. They don't know where to start because they're scared that their that particular niche is already maybe just so many other creators are out there doing this. What would be your number one recommendation as far as kind of getting over that? Yeah, that's such a great question. It's it's a two-sided coin. The first side of the coin is the psychological aspects, right, of that question, right? If I, I still, to this day, hear people say, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I still hear people say, I'm going to write a book. I hear people say, I'm going to become a musician. And those are all areas where there's millions of YouTubers, right? And no one ever says, like, I think there's too many YouTube channels. Like, we just started, right? Uh, we understand that the number of YouTube channels that exist don't limit what we can do, what we can put out. This is a creative art form, meaning that whatever we put out will be different than what's already out there. Um, and so I think that's the psychological aspect, this idea that there may be too many, even though podcasting is the only thing we do that or say that about, right? Um, and so I think it's just a, it's, it's something, a, a mental roadblock in our mind that we can overcome. The flip side of the coin is factually, it's just just not true like the like actual data proves that that's not true um even though there may be four million podcasts in the app store depending on which you know if you're talking about pot uh, apple or spotify um the data suggests that the longer you podcast the less competitive podcasts that they are so um for instance the number of podcasts that get to 21 episodes it's such a small percentage of podcasts i don't remember the exact number but it's almost like most podcasts will not make it to their 21st episode. Um, and so there's that, right? The longer you continue to podcast, the, um, uh, the lonelier it will get at the top, for lack of better words, right? And then we think about, well, what, how many podcasts are there that are past 21 episodes and that are in my niche and that are in my country and that have my personality and that have my equipment? And you probably realize that there's not that many competitor, competitors that podcasting is still very early in its infancy. Five years from now, there'll probably be triple the number of podcasts that there are. And so if you're starting a podcast now, technically this is still considered ver very early. And if you're a minority podcasting is not even mainstream. So if you're, you know, an African-American, for example, podcasting is not even mainstream in like the African-American community yet, but it will be in the next probably three to five years. So I think there's still a lot of opportunity right now and it's still so early. Yeah. You know, and that's something I love what you said there, at least as bringing the data. And oftentimes I've heard you said 21 episodes. Uh, when I first started two years ago on April 10th, 2020, 
Yeah, they said, you know, some episode, some shows don't even make it past their seventh episode. Yep. So when I broke the seventh, I was like, all right, I'm on track. And then all of a sudden here comes 20. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, 100. And today is 150. And, you know, it's just all about being consistent. And I think that one of the things that you mentioned, you're absolutely correct, because although there may seem like there are huge numbers in that specific niche, because not many will make it past 21 it does really shrink down the number of podcasters that are out there doing this consistently, which obviously gives you more opportunity to be listened to and to get into people's ears. So that is definitely something that's great to think about. Absolutely. And, and I find that, you know, being consistent is probably the number one way to grow your audience. And I want to ask you about that. I mean, what, what do you feel like has, you know, made it easy for you to, not made it easy, but made it, uh, made you able to get to 150? What what has led you to be consistent? Well, it's like you said, it's just being consistent, consistent, consistent for myself. Um, and I'm glad that you asked that because that way people can hear, you know, this perspective, because oftentimes people will see somebody on social media and they're like, oh man, like they just have it together. They, But they don't understand the hours that go into here. You're really just seeing a polished product of the work that goes behind it. But really it's just being passionate about what I do, passionate about my niche and you know, although I started kind of just block uh, blocking myself in sort of into the education space, because I do love creativity and I love expressing creativity and I want my educator friends to continue to express their creativity. I've kind of started going out and finding creators and creatives on the TikTok space, even in the education space. And really my mission, my vision and my passion didn't start off as what the show is now. Uh, back in 2020, it started off where I wanted to create a show where uh, because of pandemic, schools were closed down, teachers didn't know how to you know, manage online learning. So I wanted to bring in content experts, hey, hey, what are you doing? Show us this platform and so on. But in my mind, kind of got into that imposter syndrome of, well, there's already a lot of people that are doing that. There's already people that are great at what they're doing. And so I kind of just organically moved into I want to hear your story. Like, how are you doing? Because at the time, the focus was, I need to learn this, I need to learn that. But I don't think anybody was really asking educators, how are you feeling? Like, what's going through your mind? What are some of the obstacles you're seeing? What are some of your successes? And really getting their story. And for a while, I really felt I was um, kind of, let me see, not really fitting into the education space. Uh, just because I know my show is called My Ed Tech Life, but we really will talk about some tech, but it's all about amplifying creator and educator stories. Um, so I kind of felt like, man, I'm 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 kind of like not either here or there, but I just said, you know what, I'm going to roll with this. And because I love what I'm doing and I'm passionate about it and I believe in what I'm doing, uh, Thankfully for all the support of educators and creatives that are out there have been able to make it to 150 episodes because I'm continually looking through social media, finding creatives such as yourself and saying, hey, would you like to be on the show? And just DMing people and looking. And sometimes I'll get people that will contact me asking, hey, can we be on the show? And I'm like, of course, that'd be great. So it's been great to just be able to be a, a hustler. And that's just I'm hustling. I want to get people. I want to get their perspectives. I want them to share their stories. And I want people to know that there's a platform here that is available to them 
to share their passion. So that's really what drives me. And that's the, that's every Saturday morning I wake up and I'm like, man, this is going to be an awesome day because I'm going to learn. And the people that are going to listen to this are going to learn also as well. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's I think you summed up that perfectly. And it requires just a lot of creativity and hard work and persistence because you know, you may be messaging just like us, we were trying to plan this probably for the last three months. Um, so I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, no, for sure. That's one of the things. But yeah, so you know, and the reason I'm, I'm just thankful for this episode, too, because like I mentioned, I have a great friend of mine, who I posted something yesterday on Instagram, you know, five reasons why I love podcasting. And you know, he mentioned, he's like, well, I want to do this, but uh, you know, he just felt kind of intimidated and so on, but you know, I'm just willing to help. I said, Hey, I can help you out and so on. And so some of that's great that what you shared to help alleviate some of those nerves and so on that people may have. So, okay. So now it's that psychological, we're talking about data and so on. So now what, what, what is the, with your interaction that you have with your audience on TikTok? Once they get past that, what do you see the next immediate roadblock for them is once they said, okay, I'm going to click record, I'm ready to go, and now what? So what has been your experience? So I think this is where my opinion maybe differs than lots of other experts in the podcast industry. Between the time when you decide that I'm going to start a podcast and the time you actually record, what happens in between there is sort of like where I fundamentally disagree with lots of experts. Um, a lots of podcast experts will tell you like, okay, the first thing, like the two things you need is to decide why you want to start a podcast and what your podcast is about. And the reason they're telling you to decide what you like, why you want a podcast is they need you to have some sort of like end goal. Like, do you want to make money? Do you want to, you know, do you want to tell stories? Do you, what about this medium is like impressive to you? And so I think that, you know, I, I completely throw all of those things out the window and I'm just like, pick up your phone, record and just talk about whatever's on your mind that day. Right. I'm more like the, you know, even if you don't know what you're going to talk about, if you don't have a niche, then that's what you should talk about. Um, and I tell people all the time on my page, like if someone comments and says, I decided I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what I, I want to talk about. I'll tell them your first episode should just be introducing yourself. Your second episode should be talking about the fact that you don't know what you want this podcast to be about. Right. So it's just like, to me, it's just like, turn it on, hit record. Like, don't, don't overthink this. Um, and the more you do that, the more you podcast, um, the more you'll start to understand like what you enjoy talking about, what you want to talk about, uh, the things that bring you joy and fulfillment, the things that people enjoy listening to. You don't have any of that data before you start. And so my thing is just like start and you'll get better at it each, each in, in your case, every Saturday, you'll get a little better. Yeah. And you know, that's something that that's some great advice. I have a friend of mine, Chris Nessie, who is also an outstanding podcaster, you know, shout out to House of EdTech. Um, And he's really, you know, after I got him on the show, I think he was early on in the show. And he told me the story too, that it was he had so much to talk about, you know, and he was essentially he said, I was talking my wife's ear off pretty much. And she said, you know what, you should start a podcast and just click record. That way you can go ahead and just share out everything that you have on your mind and so on. And so I agree with that advice, although some people may say, well, no, you really have to start here and be a little bit more strategic and goal in mind. I didn't start thinking about that until probably maybe 120 episodes in because really 
for me, it was just, hey, I just want to get educators' voices amplified. I want to get right. creatives on and give them a platform where they can get their, the, you know, their creations uh, amplified, their creativity, whatever it is that they're doing. And then now I'm slowly kind of saying, okay, now that I've kind of established this, established the platform, now I'm kind of working backwards and saying, okay, now what can I do to get 1% better every day? And now it's more of, okay, let's, let's see if we can focus on, you know, just specifics, uh, you know, as far as sponsors or, you know, focus on little things here and there that are just going to make the production value a little bit better, you know, the social media aspect and so on. And so being a one man show that can definitely be overwhelming where you hit all those parts. So I want to ask you because of the work that you've done and your presence on social media, how do you find that balance or that time to create and put stuff out continually and consistently to continue to have your audience, you know, follow you? Because I know that at least for, from what I've seen, you're also a one man production and your show. So what are some tips that you may share with some of our, you know, future podcasters that may be listening? Yeah, that's such a great question because I think because podcasting is so heavily dependent on consistency, you want to get your system, a system to record, edit, and publish that is very easy and efficient, something that's easily repeatable. And so I think that if, if I spend any time on anything, it would be that. How do I record or set up my recording system in a way that's so easy that I could set it up in five minutes and just do it without thinking? Um, and so for one thing I recommend, like if you're starting your first podcast, you should use tools like Anchor, right? Where it requires no setup. It requires not a lot of time, not a lot of money. You could do it in an instant straight from your phone and it publishes it for you. I mean, it's just like the easiest way to record. Um, and so for me, I know what makes it easy for me to record. I know what day I need to record. I know that I need to be recording on Saturday. I know that, you know, uh, I need to be doing it virtually to be consistent. All of these things are things that podcasters should be thinking about and maybe different for them. For other people, for instance, it may be that you need to do a solo podcast because you may not have time to email guests, for example. So those are some of the things that podcasters need to think about just in terms of, you know, what is it going to make, what is going to make it efficient and easy for me to record, edit and publish consistently? That's the easiest way to manage running a podcast as like a solo podcaster. Excellent. Well, good morning, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us. I just want to give a shout out to Amanda Macias also, who's a great, great uh, supporter of the show. So thank you so much Hi, for Amanda. joining us. All right. So yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that at the very beginning, you know, I was a little overwhelmed that I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this with such a heavy workflow. But you know, once I discovered, you know, anchor, and then now one of the things that I do, and again, maybe just through your experience and tell me what you think. Really what I do is I tell people, you know, because I am just a one person show, I don't have a lot of time to go in and edit audio as much as others. And I, quite, frank, quite frankly, I don't have the finances to go and outsource that. So what I do is pretty much it's what you see is what you get, what you hear is what you get. And I just upload everything immediately up to Anchor because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, as long as the sound is good, but I, I just want people to see like, this is a true conversation. Like if there's a tech difficulty, hey, tech happens. And in my mind, it's always been like, it's just 
genuine raw audio. This is the conversation. Here you go. And at first people were like, well, you know, people don't like that. You know, you need to spend some time editing. I said, I don't have that time. And I just love being consistent and just talking to people. So I just download the audio. So we'll be done here. I'll download it. I'll clean it up now a little bit more because now I have some tools that'll help with my workflow. So kind of clean it up just a little bit, but immediately within the hour, it's already up and I just share it because to me, it's like, I want to get it into people's ears and hands as soon as possible so they can glean from it all these knowledge nuggets that our guests are sharing. So those are some of the things that I have done to help my workflow. And of course, creating the art, uh, doing that weeks in advance, the, you know, calendar, Calendly links and so on. Those have been very helpful. So again, trying to get 1% better every day, you know, it has really helped get that workflow nice and tight where a one-man show is not too bad anymore as it once was. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, and I think one other point that I want to highlight is there is really big successful podcasts that will literally, they'll publish their regular episode and then they'll charge a premium episode on Patreon and it's the behind the scenes. It's like the raw episode. So you get to sort of hear all of the errors, all of the mistakes, mm -hmm. all of the things and people literally pay for that. And I think this idea that people like things that are like authentic, they like things that are not like overly edited. They like things that they like getting to see sort of like the behind the scenes and the how you do this. And so I love that approach that you just shared. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's that's interesting that I never knew that there was a market for that. You know, and these are some of the things that I'm glad that you're sharing because I want people to know, too, as well, that, for example, I know that this is my passion. But up until now, for since April 10th, 2020, this has been all out of pocket and, you know, just any little merch that people buy, uh, you know, on the store will go back into the subscriptions and goes back straight into the show. I mean, it's not like I'm driving around in nice cars or anything. It's, it's really because I just want to reach more people, but I had no idea that there are people that would pay for the raw unedited version of these things. So let's talk about Maybe that, like a little bit of the monetization, because obviously, you know, as much as this could be a passion, we know that subscription fees, platform fees, and all of those fees do accumulate quite fast, you know, anywhere from monthly to annual fees. What would be some of your, I guess, beginner uh, tips for people to possibly start monetizing their podcasts once they've been established? Yeah, great question. So I view podcast monetization in three steps, right? And they all sort of work together. The first step is you need to start making some money so that you can pay for all of your podcast expenses, right? For example, you just mentioned there's podcast hosting, your website hosting, whatever software you have, let's just assume that all of your podcast bills are let's just say $100 a month, for example. Um, so you need to make money first to pay for that $100 a month so that you're not coming out of pocket anymore. The second step is, okay, I now make enough money to pay all of my podcast bills. I now need to make money to reinvest in my podcast, to grow my podcast. This is now money for marketing your podcast. And then the third is just sort of like, I now need to make money for my podcast to pay myself. Maybe at first, just as a side hustle, but eventually full time, right? Um, and so these three steps sort of build on each other. So if I was like starting a podcast right now, 
what I would literally do is I'd try and start with the first step. So I'd go to, you basically need $100 a month. I'd go to a small business that is in my niche and say, hey, I will let you be the only sponsor on my podcast for $25 a week. That's basically $25 per episode. That is such a small amount of money to that business, but what they potentially get being like the only sponsor in your podcast could be pretty helpful, right? Because even if they get one client from that, you know, that will, they'll recoup their money easily. Right. Um, and so, you know, and when I first started my podcast in 2018, um, I started that podcast in 2018 and I stopped it in 2020 and then started a new podcast in 2021. But when I started that first podcast in 2018, I literally made um, almost $5,000 doing that. I had no listeners or anything just yet. I reached out to a brand and I was like, Hey, what would you pay me to be the sponsor of this entire season? You would be the only sponsor and I put you in every single episode. Um, and that's how I ended up making the 5,000. And I literally didn't know that's what they were going to say. I just said like, what's your budget? And that's, that's what they told me. So I think a lot of people will be shocked if they reach out to businesses and ask them, would you be interested in being a sponsor? Um, and so the moment you do that, you reach out to a business, you say, will you sponsor for $25? Boom. You're now making a hundred dollars per month. You're paying your bills. You can grow your audience without coming out of like your own pocket. And as your audience grows, you'll be able to charge more each time, right? Wow. That's, <laughs> you just make it sound so simple. But th those steps, you know, I think too is I've been scared to reach out, obviously, because, you know, people may say, nah, you know, or they may not find value or they may not see the value there. So, before we get into that next question that I want to ask is how do you share the value with the company or the sponsor of what you have? I wanted to ask you. So, for example, that company says, yeah, all right, Lloyd, we'll definitely sponsor you. You know, we'll put and you put them into their episode. In what ways did you, you know, share the sponsor aside from maybe being on your Web page, showing like show sponsor? You know, what are some ways that you, uh, I guess, advertised for that company within the podcast? Um, so this is, this is, this is similar to the question earlier where it's like a double-sided answer, right? What I've realized is the first 50% of people, not the first, but just like 50% of the people, they do not, they don't care. They're just doing it to support you because they like you. They don't care about your data. They don't care about how many listeners you have. They don't care about where you're going to put it. They literally are just doing it to support you. And I'd, I'd ask people to sponsor and they'd give me the money and I'd be like, well, I'm going to put you here. I'm going to put you here and I'm going to send you the analytics. And, you know, is there anything you want me to, are you hoping to get listeners or followers from this or customers? Like, what? Well, why are you doing this? And they would literally wouldn't respond. They just send me the money and just say, thanks. We don't, don't send us anything back. Great. We're, we're good. Um, and so that just showed me that like, you know, it's not to them. Um, to them, it, it was not about the fact like what they could get out of this sponsorship and more about the fact that they like what I stood for. They liked my brand and they just wanted to support me. The second, the, the second 50% um, with those people, the way that I showed value, these people do care, right? They want to know, okay, well, what am I getting? How do I prove that I'm going to recoup my money? And so for those people, there's a few different strategies that you can use to um, make sure you're viewed in the right light. So for example, at the time when I got that $5,000, my downloads were very low. Like I, I had done like four test episodes, but I really didn't have any like real downloads. I maybe had a total of like 200 total downloads for like my entire season. 
<clears throat> and so what I, instead of saying like, Hey, here's how many downloads I had. What I did was I looked at every single person that had agreed to be a guest on that season. I went to their social media. I added up all the followers that they have. So some of them had like 10,000 followers, 30,000 followers, 50, a hundred thousand. Um, one of them had like 800,000 followers. I got all their followers, added all of those numbers together and said, all of the people that are going to be on my podcast have a total following on Instagram of 16 million, for example. I think the number was closer to like like four or five million. Um, and so um, they have a total of X amount of million of followers. So I'm assuming that if I publish this episode and they promote it on their page, it could potentially get seen by X million number of people. And so you get what I'm saying, like that it, it's in my best interest to sell myself that way. It's not in my best interest to say, this is how many downloads I have. So you want to find those sorts of like data points for you. Like what about your podcasting is, is amazing. And if you have smaller guests on your podcast and you can't do what I did, maybe the thing you're doing is saying, the ed tech industry is predicted to grow by 3 million next year or by 3x next year. Don't you want to be at the forefront of that? I'm giving you an opportunity to sponsor in a podcast that would highlight your brand as a leader in the space, right? Like, so find like some of those data points that's going to make them make them view your podcast as the thing that's going to help them get there. Wow. That is amazing right now. Just the ideas that have gone through my mind right now and thinking like, I don't know why I never thought about this. And it, again, it just goes back to, in that sense, that imposter syndrome, just that fear of rejection and so on. And, and you know, and because I'm going to tell you some of my experiences have been is where I have gotten emails of people that are like, oh, we would like to sponsor your show. And I'm like, great, that's wonderful. And, you know, we get into a conversation, but then, and I want to ask your experience with this, but then it's like, well, we can't pay you, but we can share our product with you for free. And I'm just like, well, you know, the, the product doesn't pay the subscription or the bills and things right. of that sort. So what is what has been your experience through that in the very beginning? And how do you maybe politely just maybe reject those? Or have you had the opportunity to flip that and and in a way saying, OK, well, we will definitely give you, you know, some funding for it, not just product? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think that happens quite a bit. Um, and so I get a lot of emails just saying like, hey, we want to send you free products. Can you, you know, write a review, share it, talk about us? Um, and I decline all of those just because that's not the kind of work I want to do. Um, and then I find that the people I do want to work with, if I was in your position, I think what I would do is I would just make it a practice in the same way that you've been incredibly consistent with your podcast. I think the same applies to um, the same applies to sponsorship. So for example, I maybe pitched like 10, no, maybe like eight maybe like eight big brands this year that I said, like, these are like my dream brands. I would love to work with these brands of the eight brands that I pitched. Six of them said no, but two of them said yes. The only problem was it took about eight months for me to get an answer, like either a no or a yes. So basically from January, I've been messaging them saying like, Hey, I'd love to work together. 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 Oh, Hey, I'm in your city. Do you want to get coffee? 
oh, you don't have a budget yet? No worry. Great to like build this relationship. And I've done that for like basically from like the beginning of the year. Um, and just recently we've like on two of the brands, I've like closed the deal. And financially it's worth it because I've made enough money to recoup that time. But that's just an example of like how much time it took to close that. So that's like one approach I would take where it's almost like, Every single week in the same way that you're going to record one episode, every single week, you're going to send three outbound emails and two of those three you send are probably going to say no, but one of the three is probably going to say, maybe let's keep talking about it. And then at that point, it's just a matter of like time. Um, that's like the first approach I would take, just making, reaching out to brands, a discipline. Um, and so it's less about, um, what they may say and more about you just like building the, uh, the act of like reaching out to them. That's like part one. Um, and then part two, if you want to get money sooner, right. And you don't want to wait that eight months, a simple way to do that is just to continue to lower the bar. So, so you reach out to someone, you say, will you be a sponsor? Um, and it doesn't even have to be a business. Reach out to creators like myself, right? Like I have a newsletter, right? Like I would love to sponsor your podcast. Right. Um, and so you reach out to me you say, Hey Lloyd, would you like to be a sponsor? It's going to cost you, um, $500. And transparently I would tell you that's like a bit too high than what I could pay for right now. Um, but then you say, great, no problem. What about 250? I may say, ah, uh, let me think about it, get back to you. And if I can do that, great. If not, then you just know, okay, great. Would you do 175? Um, and I would just do that with different businesses. And I think if people are saying no to the price, generally speaking, I think you could lower it enough to where um, the barrier for them to do it is low. So like, I think people paying $100 a month for sponsorship is a no-brainer because that's only $25 an episode. And if you buy coffee, that's more than your coffee budget, right? Um, so I think maybe like $250 a month, $300 a month sounds good. And that's, I recently started a newsletter um, and I don't have that many subscribers yet. And that's about what I've been charging, $75 a week. And if you do it for a whole month, then you could pay $50 a week. Excellent. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And I signed up to, uh, you know, on LinkedIn also, I signed up to, I saw uh, that. Thank you. Yes. Your newsletter and everything. Cause again, you know, I'm one of those that I, I love to learn from those that have gone ahead of me and those that have already put in that work, but that I can learn from as well. And again, and that's the whole prep, uh, purpose of the show too. the mission, the vision, and the passion is to bring creatives and educators to will connect one show at a time. And of course, you know, taking those knowledge nuggets that you're sharing today and sprinkling them on to what they are already doing great to really get 1% better. So the, everything that you're sharing today, I'm definitely taking it and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to definitely get better at doing those things. And again, just again, Amanda was stating here, it's like, Hey, you need to be brave fonts. So I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do need to be a little bit braver. And Amanda here, she shares, she says, I think there's great growth opportunities in reflecting on what you've done as well. So you can formulate a plan of action. Excellent. Yeah. Amanda's been posting great gems all episode. Yes, definitely. She's definitely dropped some gems too as a previous guest as well. So she's nice. uh, that she's wonderful. All right. Excellent. So now let's talk a little bit about, okay, so we talked about getting possibly getting some sponsorships and so on. So now as far as the social media aspect, okay, so what are some of your, I guess, beginner tips? I know we've talked about being consistent, but are there any specific uh, platforms that you may put over others. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how Lloyd kind of think you think through your process for social media repurposing. Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I think the only disclaimer I'll give is I'm very, very 
flexible. I move very fast. I make decisions very fast and I change very, very, very fast. You know, I could say today that, hey, TikTok is my favorite platform. And next month I'll change my entire strategy. And YouTube Shorts is my favorite platform. I just, I like trying different things. I like exploring and I like, you know, throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, and so I think that in terms of podcasting, social media is important. And I just want to state why, and then it'll be a little easier for me to, to help people with what platform. Um, podcasting itself doesn't have great discoverability just yet. And discoverability just means when you put something into the world, wherever you put it, that platform is going to expose new people that don't know about you to that thing. So podcasting doesn't have that yet. If you create a podcast and you're just putting it on your podcast platforms like Apple or Spotify, not that many new people are going to find you. Some new people will still find you, but not that many. Um, and so social media platforms like YouTube Shorts or TikTok or Instagram Reels, these platforms expose you to a lot more people. So for instance, if you just post like three videos a week on your social platforms, those those platforms are going to push it out to people that don't know about you and make it easier for them to find you. And that's like the real goal as a podcaster that you want to have a social media channel. And so with that in mind, there's a few questions you want to ask yourself, like which platform is going to give me the best discoverability, which platform is going to give me the best ability to build a community, which platform is going to give me the best ability to monetize and own my audience. And so TikTok is great for being exposed to as many people as possible, but it's really hard to build a real community or to take your audience off of the platform or to get them to buy something. Instagram Reels is great for building community, but you're not going to get as much discoverability. And so when people follow you on Instagram and they see you post stuff, they're more likely to engage and comment. They like following you. It feels like a community, but you're just not going to grow as fast as you would on TikTok. YouTube Shorts is great for discoverability. Certainly not as much discoverability as TikTok and certainly not as much community as Instagram, but they're the most likely to help you monetize your content quickly. And so for when I started in uh, December, everything I posted on TikTok, I also put on YouTube Shorts just to see like how it would work. Um, and just in me posting like the same content, I grew from maybe zero to 200 and something subscribers and like maybe... I think maybe like five to six months ish. Um, and so I felt like that was pretty good um, to be able to monetize on YouTube. You need at least a thousand followers and at least 4,000 watch hours. Um, and so there's certainly a, a large ability to make money on YouTube. Excellent. Those are some great tips and, you know, and myself too, I, I very much like you described yourself, I will try just about anything and put myself out where anywhere that people might be able to see. And of course, you see that some platforms do perform a little bit better than other, others. And also depending on the niche as well, I, I find that on YouTube Shorts, my unboxing videos do way better than any of the podcast clips. But then on TikTok, the podcast clips do a lot better than any of the unboxing videos and so yeah. on, just because, of course, uh, the algorithms and so on push things out to certain uh, uh you know, niches and so on. So that kind of helps out a lot, but very much like you, I'm, I'm not fearful of experimenting. It's just really, you just kind of have to find that, that right formula. And it just all depends on, um, you know, where it's going to hit and then you just continue yeah. moving through there. But again, I, I think for myself is just exploring that and being part of the creative process really just keeps me on my toes and it just really gets me excited. 
about what I'm doing because oftentimes people ask me on the show, you know, there's a, there's a question that I ask at the end of the show. And a lot of people ask me, it's like, how do you do what you do? I mean, you have a full-time job and you're going to school, you know, uh, you know, doing your doctorate and then you're doing this. I said, it's just my passion. I, I make time for it because this, for myself, this is my self-care, you know, honestly, yep. being able to converse and learn about what I'm passionate about and just to be ready in season and out of season and be able to share those nuggets with other people as well and what works. And, you know, so that's really what's helped me out and being consistent. But again, I don't mind being uh, out there, putting myself out there on any platform at all whatsoever. Same here. Uh, I I agree with that approach. Excellent. Yeah. Like Amanda says, yeah, it fills my cup. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So just one last question before, you know, we kind of start wrapping up um, because I do want to honor our time, uh, but it's just been a great conversation. And I know that myself being just like so excited about everything I've heard. I know that uh, our audience members that are listening or will will rewatch the episode will Mm -hmm. definitely glean from it. But as far as repurposing content, you know, your clips and so on and so forth, aside, not so much the social media aspect, but how do you, uh, I guess, work that out as far as, you know, how do you know what clips to take? Do you do that on your own? Or are you at a point now where you can kind of, you know, outsource that? to just continue to keep your content evergreen. Any tips on that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I certainly have um, a team of people that help me break down that content, um, which makes it a little easier, but I am still responsible for telling them like, hey, uh, minute 23, second 14, to 30 seconds after, can you cut that and make that a clip? Um, And so I have a team that'll break down those clips. What I have been trying to get better at though is just figuring out the best way to display that content on social media so that it's engaging as possible. And just some of the tips that I found is, um, I find that the tips that do the best that potentially go viral are tips with no context where it almost feels like you just drop someone in the middle of a conversation and they're trying to like find their way and figure out like what you're talking about. Um, And so I find that clips with no context that are interesting, that are less than about 20 seconds perform really well. Excellent. Well, that's good to know. And you know, it's funny because like you said, every podcaster does things differently or we have a mutual friend who, when I talk to him, he's like, oh, you make, you need to make sure you give context and you need to make yep. sure you do this. But, you know, I think that it's, it's great that you get so many different ideas from so many people and not necessarily one is going to work more than the other. It just all depends, you know, how it hits and how people, you know, take that. So that's kind of what I love about this process too, that really excites me is just that, it, that creative component of you created something that you feel is going to hit. And sometimes People are like, nah, like that really didn't didn't hit. And then sometimes you put in, you know, just something that 20 seconds that you think, ah, nobody's going to care. And then all of a sudden it's just boom, right. you know, it hits. So I, I that just keeps it exciting for yeah, me too as does. well. And those are some of the things that I love. All right. So I do want to ask, uh, you know, before we kind of wrap up, because I know you've had tremendous success. You've had so many followers because of everything that you share. You're so transparent in your setups. You're transparent in how you podcast. You're out there. You're outside podcasting. You're indoors. You pretty much talk to anybody and you share that wisdom on podcasting. But I recently saw a post 
where um, you were outside or you were getting into a studio, possibly oh. somewhere. Uh, you know, I don't know if if we can talk about that. You know, I know that you put it out there, and for uh, I guess another platform where maybe you did, uh, you know, maybe kind of like a class that you might have worked on. I don't know if you're able to talk about that or maybe just share just a little bit about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly can. Um, so a few months ago, um, I was uh, LinkedIn reached out to me and said like, hey, we love your content. This is great. Would you be interested in um, leading a podcast course on our behalf? Um, and I was like, oh, this is, I, I mean, I, I couldn't even believe it was happening. Um, and so worked with them. I like auditioned. Um, and then I had to work with them to create an outline, create a script. We've basically been working on this for like about six months. Um, and then last week we were finally done and clear to record. So they flew me out to California, um, spent a week there recording the course. Um, and the course comes out early, um, Q1 2023. And the course is centered around the easiest possible way to start your podcast, um, using anchor. And so I'm so excited about it. Um, they obviously really care about educating people. And so um, the moment it comes out, I'm excited to share it with people. Um, they're doing great work. And I was really excited for like that opportunity. You know, that is amazing. That is something that I love. And when I saw that, I was like, you know, it just really goes to show just the, the work that you've put in, everything that you've done, you know, and sharing and just putting yourself out there. And again, the more you put yourself out there, people see you as that thought leader. They see you, you mentioned the podcast guy and so on. But, you know, it's just wonderful to see that and see that success. And I was very excited when I saw that post. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, you know? And and again, like I said, because I follow you on social media and then I saw, you know, when you're the little clip where you're walking into the studio, yep. I'm like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. This is amazing. And I just want to congratulate you for that because I know that this is going to be something that's going to be wonderful for, uh, like I mentioned, my friends that may be interested in podcasting that just don't know where to start. This is going to be a great resource for so many people that would love to get into this space and to help them be, you know, consistent, overcome, you know, those obstacles that they may have, whether it's uh, mental roadblocks or just podcasting roadblocks. I think I can think of another guy that would do such a great job at explaining this as you. So congratulations again on that, my friend. That is some wonderful, wonderful news. I really, really appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. And I just think, you know, I definitely don't want to underscore just creating content in general, the types of opportunities you find and the places it'll take you just you know no one can imagine you know where these uh creating content will take you excellent well thank you so much uh lloyd i really appreciate the time that you took today to join my show and just to share all those knowledge nuggets that so many people are definitely going to glean from and i'm just really excited about that but before we wrap up i always love to end the show on these last three questions and of course now i'm going to adapt the question to the podcasting space which okay. is this first question and so normally i always like to ask you know in the current state of podcasting what would you say is your current edu crypt? Uh, excuse me, podcast kryptonite. Mm, <laughs> what is um, your current podcast kryptonite? And and I need to I need to understand what a kryptonite is. Oh, I kryptonite. Okay, so Superman is a superhero, and kryptonite is what makes him weak. Mm. So at this moment, what would you say is your podcast kryptonite? Yeah, I'd say that there's the there's been these sort of like 
nano podcasts that are so easy to consume. It's almost like addicting because instead of just listening to like one per week, you probably listen to like four or five a day. Um, and so I just find that so much of my time goes to like listening to that content. So I'd say that's been like my podcast kryptonite. Ah, there you go. Excellent. Can you just elaborate a little bit about those nano podcasts? Yeah, like I think um, historically, an average podcast has been between like an hour to maybe a little more, maybe 45 minutes. Um, but people have been doing these smaller episodes, maybe like eight to 10 minutes, and they might do them daily. Um, my friend Henry is a great example of that. He, he'd actually be a great person for you to interview, but he gets like 40 to 50,000 downloads per month just doing that. It's just like a daily podcast eight to 10 minutes every single day. And it's just so much easier to consume. Excellent. I like that. I'm definitely going to have to look into that and definitely going to have to connect with Henry. Uh, that way he can might be able to be a guest and share also on podcasting. All right. So question number two, Lloyd, if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, if I could have a billboard with anything on it, the billboard would say drink more water. Um, and I've just been obsessed with trying to figure out tips and tricks to help people drink more water. Uh, if, if I could do anything and I didn't have to make money, that's what I would be talking about, how to get people to drink more water. Excellent. Now, what would be the reason behind that? Um, I just think that, you know, I, you know, I personally hate drinking water. And I now know that there's just lots of tangible tips that you can do that will help you increase your water intake. For example, um, whenever you drink, like whenever you drink out of your bottle, don't drink less than 10 sips. Every time you drink, make sure it's at least 10 sips. Or whenever you buy a bottle, make sure it fits in your car cup holder so that you can take it anywhere. So there's just, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on with these. Excellent. All right. Well, that's good to know. Thank you for sharing that. And the last question, let's say that this was your show this morning and I was a guest on your show. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? Yeah. Um, I would ask you how you balance everything that you're doing. Um, like practically, like how do you balance everything? Uh, it's just the most practical thing is just finding those shortcuts. I think then since April 20th, 20, you know, the, the workflow for podcasting and of course life in general and work and school, you know, I have to kind of do take shortcuts and just find ways to really automate a lot of the process. So for the podcasting, for the most part, like I said, oftentimes I have to be the one that was DMing and reaching out and I still do. But now luckily, because a lot, pe a lot more people are familiar with the show, I do get a lot of messages that come in. So I do, that helps in cutting down the process. So for myself, it's like apps like Calendly have helped out so much, just being able to stay organized, Google, my Google Calendar. Um, of course, just uh, my workflow for my podcast post-production, everything's done on Anchor, uh, Descript, you know, that those things make so much make things so much easier. And of course, I still have to do more of the content creation on my, you know, uh, as far as cutting clips and so on. But hopefully in the future, like I said, once uh, we, you know, start reaching out to some people, maybe I'll be able to outsource that and uh, get those clips. But really, what it all comes down to is like what Amanda says, it's just really also just my passion for what I do. Yeah. You know, I, I give 110% to everything that I do and find that balance in everything because I want to do everything to the best of my capabilities. And sometimes, yeah, it feels like a lot of work. And sometimes you feel like, oh, do I really need to do this? Like, you know, but the more consistent I am, and then I'm here on a Saturday, this 
conversations like this, being able to put this kind of content out, really just this is this is what my why. This yeah. is my passion. And it fuels that to continue being consistent and, you know, putting out content. And the fact that my schooling is almost done and then yeah. I have semesters where, you know, I'll, they're a little bit easier than others. And then I have those long breaks in between semesters. That's really when I get going and start trying. Sometimes I'll even do two episodes a week right. if I can, because I love being consistent and I want people to hear other people's stories. Right. And that's what drives me. So, yeah, I mean, it really not a whole lot there as far as I wish I can give you a clearer answer, but the way my mind and brain works, it's just that that's really what it is. It's just yeah. ultimately comes down to passion. I love that. No, that I can, I can, I certainly see that passion uh, beaming from you. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Lloyd, thank you so much again, as always for being a guest on my EdTech life. And I'm just thankful for everything that you shared and being a guest on my EdTech life. You are now a member of my PLF, my personal learning family, and you always have an open invitation. Anytime you ever want to come back where you want to share a project or you want to share an idea or you want to share something that you're working on, you always have an, you know, a, an available seat, an available platform for you to share the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, but before we go, if you don't mind, Lloyd, please make sure you let our followers, followers know where they can go ahead and contact you, where they can connect with you. Uh, so please feel free to share. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Um, for anyone that listened to this episode that would love to connect, you can find me on my website, which is bigcreator.energy. That's bigcreator.energy. Um, you can also find me on all social platforms at Lloyd, not George. And that's at Lloyd, not George. Excellent. So yeah, I did put, I popped in the website here in the chat. So that'll be also in the show notes, guys. And I just want to share this uh, message from Sherry. Thank you so much, Sherry, who's also a longtime listener on LinkedIn. She says, I look forward to, uh, to your Saturday. It's the beginning of a great and productive weekend. So thank you so much, Sherry. And again, I really appreciate all the supporters. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you so much, Lloyd, as also. And for all of you that are going to be uh, catching this episode on replay, as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for making My EdTech Life what it is today. Please make sure that you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and all the other 149 amazing episodes too as well, where you can go ahead and learn so much from educators and creatives that you can apply to either your professional or personal life. And again, as always, remember that our mission, our vision, and our passion is to connect educators and creatives one show at a time. Make sure you stop by our store as well. We've got some great merch. We've got some caps, stickers, sweaters. So make sure for uh, you know this winter season, you definitely get yourself a nice sweater. So make sure that you visit our store and get yourself some My EdTech Life merch. And as always, my friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And don't forget, as always, my friends, stay techie.